bless you. I bless you all in Jesus' name. Oh, mighty men and women of God. I'm looking at those who are indwelt by the Holy Trinity. Indwelt by the presence of God indwelt by the Holy Spirit, indwelt by Christ himself, indwelt by the Father who never leaves the Son. So you have the entire Holy Trinity indwelling you, my powerful, 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 anointed, beloved, esteemed, oh, royal siblings in Christ. In the kingdom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Worship was so amazing. Thank you, beloved Joel and Aletta and team. Thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name. And we bless all of you who went to, to Jesus' culture. We bless you. We thank you for that impartation that we received. He, Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm going to put my water on there. Wow. And uh, for those who are listening via podcast all over the world, we bless you from blazing fire. And we release the glory and the blessing of God from this place. As you hear the gospel, as you receive the good news, wow. Thank you, Jesus. You know, this is a very supernatural, supernatural day and time that we are living in, and this is a supernatural gospel of grace. This morning, at five minutes after 5 a.m., I was softly and gently awakened by what was going on in the next room. I was aware that angels were gathering in the dining room, which is actually adjacent to one of the doors of our bedroom, not in, not in the bedroom where I was sleeping, but right in the next room. And I was aware that they were gathering, that they were, they were coming, they were appearing, they were flying in, and it, they kept on coming. And so I, I stirred and quietly got up and entered the room. And I've learned to bless what God is doing. So I blessed the angelic hosts that were assembling. And I blessed the errand that they are on. And I didn't quite understand what they were doing, but they were all gathering. They were gathering to the point that the room was so filled with angelic presence that I felt that I was even breathing them. There was no room. It was, it was so amazing. I, and I, I was like, Lord, thank you so much. And then I came to understand that many of these angels would be accompanying me tonight, and they were going to be released in your lives. They were going to be released on your behalf tonight in this place, that the angels of the Lord have come, to, and these are the ones who are serving those who shall be heirs of salvation, which says to me that the Lord will be sending you to those who don't know about the salvation that God has provided yet, that these angels will be helping deliver the message through you, helping to witness to Christ in you, helping to bring that anointing of the Lord that they carry, the gifts that they bring from God to you. So receive, 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 and we bless every, every angelic messenger from heaven on assignment today here. We bless what you're doing, Lord. And I thank you, God, and pray, release more, Lord, more of what you're doing in the earth now. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us dominion and power and authority in Christ, and that you are releasing the armies of heaven and earth cooperating together. Thank you, Lord. We receive this for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody, amen and amen. That's right. Thank you for a good amen there. And also, also, we were speaking about beloved brother Russ. Today, before I left, he called. Russ called. I was like, Russ, yeah. <laughs> 
for him and told him that we would be praying corporately for him together tonight. And we, we would be agreeing in corporate prayer for him. And um, we talked about some supernatural things that have been happening. There, the Lord has been giving dreams, and there's been times of actual visitation and wonderful supernatural things. So as you pray, expect the impossible. Expect the crazy, wild amazingness. Expect the unexpected as God shows up. He's a prayer-hearing, prayer-answering God. And so right now, in Jesus' name, together we agree for Brother Russ. And we say, thank you, Lord. Here we are before the throne of your grace. And we come to him, Lord, and thank you for the download of supernatural divine strength, supernatural healing, Lord, rapid regaining of muscle mass. Thank you, Lord, for every need that you know of, that you are supplying richly, Oh, according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. I thank you. And we agree right now. More, Lord, for us. More, Jesus. And we bless Russ and Susan and all their family in the mighty name of Jesus. And we ask, Lord, that this would be one supernatural week for us. Thank you, Jesus. Another good amen. Lord, you guys are so awesome. Whoa. And we agree because all over the world, people have been praying for this precious pastor that we love so much. So thank you, Jesus. <laughs> wow. <sighs> I am actually <clears throat> intoxicated in the Holy Spirit right now. <laughs> and I even want to speak to you. About the value of this manifestation of drunkenness in the Holy Ghost. There is a value that has not been generally recognized. It's true. It's true. I have a friend, listen to this, who is so overwhelmed by the glory and the presence and power of God all the time that this person is, is known internationally as a drunk just drunken, drunk, and drunk on the glory of God. And, and wow, but this person has visitations, and this person has translations, and this person has anointing and prophetic visionary wisdom. And God releases the supernatural through that which offends the mind. So, yes, I know. <laughs> It's crazy, but I want to bless you because it's okay to be overcome with the glorious presence of God. It's okay to be undone. It's okay to be wrecked. It's okay to be three sheets to the wind. A sweet, sweet wind. So, now we're going to preach. Yeah, yeah. I need you, Joel. No, it's okay. It's all right. Imagine Joel's up there. <laughs> we have a good time. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> so because this vision this morning happened at five minutes after five, I thought to myself, five is the number of what? Yeah. Well, the Lord changed my sermon. <laughs> and I realized, oh, <gasps> Grace. <laughs> Yes. Listen, here's a quote for you. Before, this is before I start preaching. When I start preaching, I'll, I'll read the golden text and everything. Listen. Grace throws parties for returning prodigals, not saying a word about their sins. Grace pays everybody the same, regardless of what time of day they began to work. Grace. Restores dignity to, pardon the word, <clears throat> horrors that everyone else wants to stone. Wow. Grace hugs the diseased leper or AIDS patient that nobody else wants to touch. Grace looks past a person's behavior and sees the person for who they are in the eyes of God. Grace is irrational to the thinker. It is unfair to the judge. Grace is foolishness to the overachiever. It is a waste 
to the selfish. Grace is a mistake to the disciplinarian. Grace is a shame to the religionist. But it is a stream of water to the thirsty. It's freedom to the imprisoned. It's life to the dead. Grace is rest to the tired. It's another chance to the failed. It's hope to the despondent. It's a way out for the lost. Eh? And a way in for those who can see the door. Grace, it's not a theological premise. It's not even a doctrine. It's not even a philosophy. It's not something to be balanced with anything else. (laughs) It's not even the most important thing among many things. It's the one thing. It's the only thing. It's a person. Grace is a person who has held you in his heart before the first molecule existed and one who will never let you go. Oh, grace that will not let me go (laughs) hangs my helpless soul on the... Whoa! I really need you, Joel! This is a quote from, from Steve McVeigh, and he, he is another grace preacher. The message of grace that is preached at blazing fire has, is going viral, absolutely viral. Everybody is realizing, oh, the finished work of Christ. You mean, you mean God's not mad at me? God's not going to open a can on me? You are mean. Yes, I mean. Yes. Yes. The favor and the love and the blessing of God is upon you. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just thank you right now for your grace. We just thank you right now. Oh, grace. Glorious grace. Glorious grace. There is, uh, does anybody else feel this? Daddy. Yeah, uh, you got it. Hey Amen, Sister Nancy. There's a, re- there's a response, there's a response from heaven in this preaching of grace right now. There is a, there is a response from heaven that is happening. Wow. And so we just bless you, Lord. Bless all that you're doing in all of our lives. Wow. Sister Patricia was telling me (laughs) a uh, testimony. Did you have a testimony? Are you able to? Oh, good. She's drunk. (laughs) Here, I'll bring you there. (laughs) Anyway, I'm a Facebook addict, okay? So I'm on Facebook, and I'm looking at Bethel. I love watching Bethel. And I forget exactly what day or weekend or whatever, but the glory came and they were there was raining gold down on them and it started around the front and it went all the way to the back of the building and they just started dancing and praising God in it and every person was covered every person covered with gold <gasps> thank you Jesus thank you Jesus so as i say expect 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 the lord to answer not only your prayers but to show up in your life in tremendous and unexpected and powerful ways, in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, especially as you hear the gospel preached. Straight good news. Here we go. Uh, We will now begin to preach the glory of uh, the cross of Christ. Hallelujah. (laughs) As we glory in the cross, according to Galatians 6, 14, we glory in the cross of Christ. 
by which the world has been crucified unto us and us unto the world. One translation says, a permanent barrier. The cross has made a permanent barrier and erected a permanent barrier against the world, against that which is of the world in our lives. Now, that's because you've been set free from something. That's because you've been made new. That's because you're a new creation. Let's look at the golden texts. We will now look at, of course, you know I'm going to preach this, right? Galatians 2, 20 and 21. Word of God. Looking at it, 26 translations here. Galatians 2.20. If you have your swords, you're welcome to follow along. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Wow. I can't believe the number of angels in here. I just can't believe it. This is absolutely amazing. I can feel the, the fire angels are with me right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. This is so awesome. I do believe it, Lord. I do believe it. <laughs> here we go. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Not even my faith, is it? The faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Oh, whoa. Philip's translation, as far as the law is concerned, I may consider that I died on the cross with Christ. Wow, so awesome. Oh, Knox translation, with Christ I hung upon the cross, and yet I'm alive. <laughs> or rather, not I. It is Christ who lives in me. This is a not I existence. Not I, but Christ. Wow, this is new creation reality. And that life which I now am living in the flesh, I am living by faith. The faith of the Son of God, who in love for me, gave himself for me. Gave himself. So what you received on the cross was Christ himself. He is life. He is new life. And the life that you received on the cross is new. This is not an add-on to an old life. This is not a second chance on the same old thing. <laughs> this is new creation reality, right? New creation reality. You are new. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Um, our next scripture we want to look at is 1 John 4, 17. 1 John chapter 4. Wow. Verse 17. Yeah. Yay, I get to preach my favorite scriptures to y'all. First, the King James. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Look at this. Mm. In this will love in its perfection be displayed in us, says Weymouth. <laughs> wow. We are absolutely fearless. We have total confidence, and we have perfect assurance. That's the Weymouth, Moffat, and Goodspeed on the day of judgment. No fear at all. No fear at all. Because we are in Christ, and he is in us. Wow. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Wow. 
For we realize, Philip's translation, that our life in this world is actually his life lived in us. His life. This new creation reality. This is who you are. This is your ID. Your heavenly ID. Hid with Christ in God. And as he is, so are you in this world. This is not as he was. Hallelujah. This is how he is. You're crucified, buried, risen, glorified Savior, seated at the right hand of the Father. Where are you seated? Right there. As he is now, so are you in this world. Beloved, meditate on this. Meditate on this. Because I want to hear all the revelations that God gives you. And the way that this scripture comes to life in your life. Come on. And the last of our golden texts is 1 Corinthians 6, 17. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 6, 17. Oh, I love the word of God so much. Oh, praise you for your living word, Lord. Wow. It's alive. <laughs> oh. Here we go. <laughs> First, I have to tell you what it says in the original Greek. In the original Greek, this scripture says, the one having come to Christ, one spirit is. Now, the translator said, ooh, we have a problem. That's not English. So we will translate it. And the King James says, mm, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Joined unto the Lord. Now, would that be you in divine union with Christ now? Not someday if you're a good little boy or girl, but now because of what he's done on the cross for you. Yes. Other translations say, but a man who is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Uh, that's weakening it a little bit, isn't it? That's not what the original says. One spirit. Not even one with him. That would make it a little bit better English. One with him. One spirit. One spirit. This says volumes about the fact that you no longer have a sin nature. You no longer have spirits inside of you that are not holy. You have one spirit with God. Isn't this amazing? The divine union is now, is here and now, beloved. Here and now. Now let's look. got for you about this grace this hell happened because of Christ's grace on the cross so when we look at grace here are some definitions I got for you the classic definition is the unearned unmerited undeserved favor of God which belongs to you the grace of God in Christ is yours another traditional definition is G-R-A-C-E God's riches at Christ's expense. Now, the Bible commentary by Jameson Fawcett Brown says, defines grace as the chosen New Testament word for the whole fullness of the new covenant. Whoa! All that dwells in Christ for humanity. Wow! All that dwells in Christ. Ah, when Christ comes to a leper, 
all that dwells in Christ causes him to speak the healing word and touch that leper. And that leper becomes instantly, divinely, supernaturally healed. All that is in Christ, when Christ encounters a difficulty, all that is in him is the answer. This is who lives inside of you by grace. Definition of grace. All the whole fullness of the new covenant that you live under. All that dwells in Christ for humanity. That means nobody's left out. Nobody's excluded. They don't even have to say a sinner's prayer before Christ will touch them and heal them and bless them and by his power just ah, reveal who he is. This is who he is. Grace. Here we go. Wow. Grace is a person. Benjamin Dunn in the Happy Gospel says, Grace is not just the kindness of mercy that is shown by the Lord when one is in a fallen condition, but grace is also the influence that keeps one from falling. Remember what the Word of God says in Jude. He is able to keep you from falling. Keep you from falling. Wow. His grace, his power. You mean I don't keep myself? Well, beloved, (laughs) it is the grace of God that keeps you. It is his power that saves you. It is his power that keeps you. It is Christ who has done it all single-handedly for you, for all. Now, always let the Bible define the Bible. So the simplicity of the Bible definition is found in Romans 11 and 6. Wahoo! Romans 11 and 6. I hope you're having as much fun as I am. I love this. The riches and glory, Jesus. Yeah, Yeah, come on. 11 and 6. Whoa, Romans 11. A lot of promises in here. Whoa. Yes, Lord, all Israel shall be saved in the Lord. Hallelujah, we agree. Thank you, God. Mm. Oh, let me kill my cash and die. Oh, Ramba Sunday. Oh, yes. Okay, verse 5, Romans 11 says, Even so, then, at this present time also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then it is of no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it's no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. And I'll bet Paul was drunk when he was preaching that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So easy. So it's not, it's not by works. You've heard many, many sermons, I'm sure, contrasting the old covenant and the new covenant that we live under now. Contrasting grace and rather contrasting works and grace. There we go. Got my hands right. Oh, because in the new covenant... All our motivations are different. Under the old covenant, you had to forgive in order to be forgiven, right? Under the new covenant, you forgive because you are forgiven. Total motivation change. You have received from God. Oh, so much we could say about that. Whoop, yep, yep, yep. So if anybody has a joy deficiency, Christ is your joy. (laughs) Oh, the joy of our salvation by grace through faith. Mr. Grace, Mr. Faith, Christ himself, he's all in all. He is our everything. We're absolutely, we're absolutely singing it. We're singing it with our lives. You are a new creation living in a brand new world. Hmm. How many of you know the word, the Greek word, kainos? Oh, it's just some of you, huh? Oh, oh boy. Okay. 
Here we go. <laughs> Kainos is the Greek word for new in kind and in quality, not just another one of the same old thing that is new. Say, for instance, I get new shoes that are just like the old ones. That's another word. Kainos, totally different. New in kind, new in quality. You are a kainos creation. That's the kind of new creation that you are absolutely different. You have no relationship to those things which were before. Wow. You have been crucified with Christ, co-crucified, co-buried, co-risen, and now being co-seated in heavenly places with him you have the dominion of Christ. This is why your prayers don't have to be something like, oh, Lord, please, well, I just beg that you would kind of... Uh. No, that's not prayer. New Testament prayer is declaring what is done, what has been done by Christ, declaring the realities of Christ, what he has given. All right! Hallelujah. Oh, I'm afraid everybody else up here is going to grab the mic and start preaching too. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, my Jesus. It's true, this kind of reality, this reality. The Lord showed me something else. Showed me something else this morning as I was praying and all the angels are hanging out. And the Lord showed me a vision. And he, um, he frequently shows me presents underneath the Christmas tree for me. Now, this is for all of you because you've all got this too. Everybody's got this. Because the Christmas tree is the tree of Christ. And all these gifts are under the tree for us with our name on it. And the Father wants you to open them all. The only thing is, I don't care how many you open and how fast, they keep reappearing new ones. Oh, my Jesus is so good. And the father was there. And I saw, I saw a package wrapped like I'd never seen before. This one, I even wrote it down. Uh, the father got up off his throne to come sit with me under the Christmas tree. Oh, oh there, right there were all my gifts at the cross. And he handed me a black and red package wrapped with red and black flocked paper and tied with red and black ribbons. And inside, when I opened it, I was surprised. There was a little rectangular ceramic box. And I thought, my first thought was, this looks like a little tomb. <laughs> this is amazing. And the father said, yes, yes. It is always to remain empty, to remind you of what Christ has done. What's not in there? Sin nature gone. Sickness gone. Mortality swallowed up in immortality because of what Christ has done. I'm not in there. And Russ is not in there. Oh, no longer I, but Christ lives in me. Thank you, Lord. And the cross is the fountainhead of all love and joy and grace. Someone who can clearly see his or her union with Christ now, united with Christ now, is someone who is exploding with joy, exploding with joy, who is bursting at the seams with Bliss! <laughs> the ecstasy of our salvation. Wow. So ransomed by his perfect sacrifice. With a perfect new ID. Hidden with Christ in God. Your heart sings never-ending rapturous songs of love and laughter to our holy, happy God. Woo! That's true. Whoa. 1 Timothy 1.11, and this looks like it's a timely scripture. 
because we're in 2011 and we're all seeing 11s all over the place. <laughs> First Timothy 1.11 talks about the glorious gospel of the happy God, of the blessed God. In Greek, the words are makarios theos, the happy, the blessed God. We have been entrusted with the gospel of the happy God. The blessed, blessed, happy God. And you are a happy Christian. No wonder the angel greeted Mary and said, Hey, Mary. It actually said, Shalom. Shalom. Full of grace. Full of grace. Oh, full of grace. You're filled with grace. Full of grace himself. Full of grace. Full of grace. Full of grace. Full of grace. You're filled with grace. Each one of you filled. Filled with grace. Your expectation is not condemnation. Your expectation is not punishment. Your expectation from the Lord is joy. Your expectation is grace. Because this is the good news, isn't it, Dominic? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, thank you. Woo! Woo! Thank you. Oh, I got, I got so much for you. I, I just got to, oh, my Jesus, I got to pack it in. To, to, oh, my goodness. Here we go. I was going to read you this passage from a new translation. The gospel is being translated. Not only the... Not only the, the, the mirror, but other translations are starting to appear that are grace-based translations based on Christ's finished works, based on that understanding. Here's one. It's just popped up. And uh, this is another guy uh, in Britain somewhere. And he's, he's written a thing called The Gospel Cannot Be Chained. Cannot be chained. He's off the chain. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> His name is Mick Mooney, and he translated oh, part of Colossians. It, he, he has it reading like a whole book. He says, I'm not going to put chapters and, and, and verses in here. It's meant to be read as a letter. Read the whole thing. So he says, at some point in time, we all assumed we had to keep our distance from God, believing in our minds that our weakness and shameful behavior made us an enemy of God. We distanced ourselves. This does not say that God distanced himself from you, does it? Wow. How wrong our thinking was, he continues. For the very God we believed was against us, was actually journeyed from heaven to earth in order to reach out to us with the truth of his eternal love. Oh, what a wonderful revelation of truth. He loves you. He loves you. Here's another one. This is, this is Mooney's translation from Ephesians. Brand new. Brand new. Brand new. Hot off the press. My brothers and sisters in the Lord, stop and think about it. The very same power that was strong enough to raise Jesus from the dead, placing him at the Father's right hand in the heavens, is now dwelling in you. It is by this power that Jesus now reigns in glory. Nothing can compare to this power, authority, and dominion that Jesus now has. He is above every title that can be given from eternity to eternity. He reigns supreme, and we are in him. We have been united together as his body. 
wow. And now through our faith in him, God in his wisdom is bringing to fulfillment the glorious plan, his glorious plan of humanity's redemption. Tell me, goes this translation, how does it feel to know the truth of who you are? To know that you're a brand new person, cleansed and made pure in every way in the eyes of your heavenly father. Wow. <laughs> it feels glorious, doesn't it? I know, for I experienced this same wonderful reality, writes McMooney in Ephesians here. How different a life we now have. For in the past, we walked in the ways of darkness, lost in the foolish things this world offers, spending all we had to buy what only broke our hearts or burdened us with guilt and shame. And we all lived in this way at one time, and to our way of thinking, it was all we could hope for. <laughs> Gratifying the cravings of our self-absorbed ego while following in greedy desires and self-centered thoughts. Based on our own merits and deeds, we didn't deserve anything good from God, but praise God that he does not give to us based on what we deserve. That he gives to us based on the reality of his graceful and loving nature. Well, expressed through what his son has done on our behalf. It is because of his great love for us, despite our past misdeeds, that he has given us a new life. For the riches of his mercy are truly endless. Endless. Yes, it is by his grace and only by his grace that we could ever receive such a blessing. I praise God that our bad works didn't disqualify us and our good works didn't qualify us. Hey! His love towards us is not at all based on our past performance, whether good or bad but rather his divine acceptance of us is based on the finished work of his son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. And now having put our faith in Jesus, we have received a covenant relationship of grace, a covenant relationship of grace this is the new covenant you are under it is a covenant relationship of grace that was a grace yell yes it was that was a grace exclamation oh. do you realize you're a living manifestation of his grace you can't help but be a witness you can't help it you didn't do it and you can't shut it down this covenant relationship of grace is defined as an intimate relationship with him based on his perfect love and his faithfulness to us angels all over the place here. <laughs> we can rest and rejoice in the knowledge that it is not by our own works that we are saved, but rather it is because God has a nature of grace. We're now free in his love. We're now alive in his life. We're now perfectly cleansed through his forgiveness. My dear friends, as glorious as our complete forgiveness is, that's only a tiny fraction of what we have received. Indeed, we rejoice <laughs> that we have been given so much more. For we have been raised with Christ and seated with him in the glorious kingdom of God. I'm not suggesting that this is going to happen someday. I'm testifying that it's already happened now. 
agree, Lord. We agree with you. Wow. When we accepted Jesus, his spirit came to live in us. Remember, I'm reading the gospel now. This is the gospel. According to Ephesians chapter 1. When we accepted Jesus, his spirit came to live in us. And our spirit went to sit with him. You guys drinking this? <laughs> okay, come on. <laughs> we are now one with Jesus. Both he with us here on earth and we with him in the heavenlies. Oh, well, one might ask, is God, what's God doing as we sit with him in the heavens? My beloved brothers and sisters in Christ, he is looking at you and he is looking at me with kindness and with mercy and with affection and with love, oh, and with blessing, oh, and with grace. <laughs> he is enjoying our company and reminding us of how he sees us. Holy, blameless, and forever, forever, forever loved. Forever loved. Forever loved. This would be you, forever loved, forever loved, perfectly loved, perfect love, perfect love. What's fear? I used to know what fear was. His perfect love came to me and I don't know fear anymore. Does anybody else have that testimony in this place? Come on. Woo! There is no fear in love. Don't know what it is. My friends is an Irish missionary and she prayed just recently as she was there in some you know where she was she was in Japan and she was leading a team and ministering to the tsunami um, victims there and she was ministering God's power God's love they saw miracles all over and she said God I want you to send me to the most dangerous place on earth for you Lord I want to go to hell and minister and God said, the most dangerous place on this earth is Mogadishu, the capital of Somalia. There's a famine there and everything else. The, the U.S. government says, do not travel there. And she said, oh, thank you. And next thing you know, she's sending me pictures on Facebook. She says, this is my hotel in Mogadishu. And it looks like a bunker. It looks like a bunker, a thing that you would be in, concrete thing that you would be in so that if a bomb fell, you know, you probably would survive. And she's, oh, oh she's back home in Mozambique now. But she's just so filled with the love of God. No fear at all in his perfect love. She wants to go where the hurting are. She wants to go where the poor are. She wants to go. She loves to go because she knows that this is where he is. This is what he wants to do too. Because the whole earth is filled with the glory of the Lord. And it will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as well. Woo! I took a rabbit trail, didn't I? Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. For the rest of eternity, we will be the living proof of God's unending kindness. We are his beloved forever. Our salvation is an act of pure grace. Our adoption, our new life, our redemption have nothing to do with our own efforts, but everything to do with the King of Kings, the one and only Jesus Christ, our Lord. Just as Jesus is pure gift to the world, so too is the salvation that we have received through him. And in light of this glorious truth, it's easy to understand why our boast is not in any of our limited abilities, but in his unlimited love for us. That's what you're saying, huh? 
Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Preached the gospel, didn't you? I love it. Thank you, Lord. So in conclusion, this is going to be a long conclusion. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Whoa. Jesus Christ has fulfilled, even as he said, all the law and the prophets. Isn't it true that in Jeremiah... 32, 39 to 40, and Ezekiel 36, 25 to 38, he promised a new heart. He promised these to you. Oh, shall I read these things to show you exactly what he's done? Come on, here we go. Thank you, Jesus. Actually, you know what? Let's make this interactive. Who wants to, who wants to be a volunteer? Come up here. Get your Bible. Read Jeremiah 32. You got to get your Bible. You got to get your Bible. All right, now. Here we go. Grab the Ted. Okay, we want Jeremiah 32, verses 39 and 40. Jeremiah 32, 39 and 40. Okay. Jeremiah 32, 39 and 40. Then I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me forever for the good of them and their children after them. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from doing them good, but I will put my fear in their hearts so that they will not depart from me. Amen and amen. Now that word fear there is the reverence for God. It's the respect, it's the honor, it's the worship that just is oh, flowing out of us. And particularly a blazing fire, this is your DNA, worship. Worship is your DNA. You, one of those things you can't stop, just flowing out of you. All right, next scripture to read, Ezekiel chapter 36. And this is going to be several verses now, starting at verse 25 through 38. One more time, Ezekiel 36, 25 to 38. May I have a volunteer, please? Oh, hallelujah. Here come a volunteer. Yeah, this is Ezekiel 36. 25. Uh, 25, yes, to, to, 30, yeah. to 38. Thank you so much. Okay. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall become clean. I will clean you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I'll take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk, on my, uh, walk in my statutes. And you'll keep my judgments and do them. Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. You shall be my people and I'll be your God. I'll deliver you from all your uncleanness. I'll call, you for, uh, I'll call for the grain and multiply it. Uh -huh and bring no famine upon you. Hey, hey. And I'll multiply the fruit of your uh, trees and, increase, uh, and the increase of your fields. So you'll never need again to bear the reproach of famine among the nations. Then you will remember your evil ways and your deeds that were not good. And you will loathe yourselves in your own sight for your iniquities and your abominations. Not, not for your sake do I do this, says the Lord God. Let it be known to you. Be ashamed and confounded for your own ways, O house of Israel. Thus says the Lord God, on the day that I cleanse you from all your iniquities, I will enable you to dwell in the cities and the ru ruins shall be rebuilt. The desolate place shall be tilled instead of lying desolate in the sight of all that pass by. And so they will say, this is the land that was desolate that has become like the Garden of Eden. And the wasted, the desolate, and the ruined cities are now fortified and inhabited. Then the nations which are left of all, all, all around you shall know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt the ruined places and planted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken it, and I will do it. 
Thus says the Lord God, I will also let the house of Israel inquire of me to do this for them. I will increase their men like a flock, like a flock offered as holy sacrifices, like a flock at Jerusalem on its feast days. So shall the ruined cities be filled with flocks of men. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, what excellent reading. We bless your voice. You have a gift of reading scripture, my beloved brother. A fantastic gift. Thank you so much. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Did you hear God's amazing heart? It sounds, it sounds tough like, oh, yeah. but realize, realize that repentance is not a condition. Repentance is the fruit of what God has done. He will bring repentance, as even as he will bring restoration, and he will do it all sovereignly. Repentance is a gift, too. You can't work up any of it. All you can do is say, yes, Lord, I agree with you. I agree with you. And look how Christ himself has fulfilled what God has promised and spoken in his word. Restoration and promises for Israel that we agree. We agree. Amen. For such a time as this. Amen. And, and fulfilled it all by his hand, by his doing. Did you catch the prosperity blessings? These are now. These are not someday. They were someday. They are now. They are now. The restoration is now. And you get to participate in all of it, in the rebuilding of the, re well, the ruined cities, and the rebuilding of the desolations. Because the Spirit of the Lord God is upon you. <laughs> and he has anointed you. Wow. Ah. So, yeah. On the hill of Calvary, Jesus fulfilled. Jesus fulfilled all these things. He fulfilled all these promises in the word. And did you notice something that occurred to me recently? Was did you notice that, that in the word, when criminals were crucified, their bodies were generally thrown into a common grave, were they not? A common grave. But Christ, his body was not thrown into a common grave. Because we needed to be able to identify the body of Christ. Especially that we would be receiving in Holy Communion. That we are the body of Christ. And the, this, this intactness. This intactness. Isn't this amazing? That he was not thrown into the common grave to where Peter and John and the others say, Oh, is this his bone? Do you think? Oh, mm. no. That's not what happened. The body of Christ was identified, and you were co-buried with him. Co-buried with him. And like in that, in that cute little thing that the Lord gave me, he's not in there, and you're not in there. You were buried with him. But now, the empty tomb reminds us of what he has done, what he has accomplished. On the hill of Calvary, Jesus fulfilled also Isaiah 25 and 6 and 10. And here we are in the message that says, But here on the mountain, God of the angel armies will throw a feast for all the people of the world, a feast of the finest foods, a feast with vintage wines, a feast of seven courses, a feast lavish with gourmet desserts. Oh, yes. Oh, mm. <clears throat> Pardon me. And here on this mountain, God will banish the pall of doom hanging over all peoples, the shadow of doom darkening all nations. Yes, he'll banish death forever. And God will wipe away the tears from every face. He'll remove every sign of disgrace from his people, wherever they are. Hey, no disgrace, just grace. Thank you just grace wow yes god says so also at that time people will say look at what's happened this is our god we waited for him and he showed up and saved us this god the one we waited for let's celebrate and sing the joys of his salvation god's hand rests upon this mountain wow true christianity is a celebration we are to feast on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. 
The table has been set for you. The table is set for you. Christ, God's Passover lamb. I'm reading now from 1 Corinthians 5, 7 and 8 in the Living Bible. Christ, God's Passover lamb has been slain for us. So let us feast upon him. This same passage of 1 Corinthians 5, 7 and 8 in George Barker Stevens' translation reads like this. For Christ, the antitypical Passover lamb. That means, that means Passover was a prototype that went before. Antitypical means it's after the prototype and it harkens back to it. Antitypical. Woo! The Passover lamb has been sacrificed for us and we Christians are to keep a feast which celebrates our deliverance from the power of sin. Because grace has dominion over you, sin no longer has power or dominion over you. Isn't that the reality of your life? Total reality. Hmm. Here's, here's a quote for you um, from one of my friends, Ben Dunn, and he says, We, like the children of Israel, are not to leave any leftovers, <laughs> but to eat every last bite as we feast richly upon Christ. Whoa, we are to eat until we are fattened with grace and we cannot move from our rich position of trust. Woo! Sounds like a party to me. You are and you live in union with Jesus Christ, with Christ in the middle of the Holy Trinity. In the middle. That's what Christ's incarnation did. Plopped you right in the middle of the Holy Trinity. Because he, fully God, became fully mankind also. So humanity is forever in Christ, right in the middle of the Holy Trinity. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Well, you have become a partaker in all his righteousness. All that he is. And you have become one with his divine nature. So guess what pours through you? Love and grace and blessing and power and joy unspeakable <laughs> and full of glory. Every good gift, every good thing in Christ flows through you. Rivers flow through you. You can't help it. You can't help it. Just who you are, Christ in you. Because he has united himself to you, you live in holy union and holy communion. Let's celebrate that holy communion and holy union that we live in. Even as he said, remember my death until I come. Remember what I did for you. He commanded us not to remember our sins and stuff. Oh, no. Remember what he has done for us. The eradication of the power of sin in our lives. The eradication of our sinful nature. Ha! He has engrafted us. Engrafted us into God. Wow. We celebrate his blood, which is the forgiveness and the cleansing of all sin. Not just forgiveness. That's one side of the coin. But also the other side of the coin, no condemnation. No condemnation. No condemnation to you who are in Christ. So look, you can't deliver it either. <laughs> it doesn't flow out of you. Grace flows out of you. How shocking. This is the shocking scandal of the cross. The power of the cross in you ministers grace to you and through you. And it's real. This is your life. This is the gospel. There isn't any other. This is that. Hallelujah. <laughs> and now the body of Christ. Hallelujah.
is for your total healing. Total healing. Totally healed. As at the great exchange on the cross, he gave his life for yours. Perfect life. Perfect young life. So that you would live long and be blessed. He died young. He exchanged his life for yours. Oh, the great exchange of the cross. And it goes on and it goes on and it goes on. Anytime that you say, no, I will not beat myself up anymore. I will believe you, Lord, in what you say about me. Hallelujah. The great exchange happens again. And he is so happy to take your sorrows, to take them. He took them on the cross. He took your pains. He took your illness. He took your disease. You don't have it. The body of Christ, now that we discern the body of Christ when we take Holy Communion, we realize we are accepted in the beloved. We discern that it's his favor on our lives has qualified us as saints who stand in light. You are fully qualified to come to the table of Holy Communion and feast on Christ. And don't let anybody ever tell you you aren't. That's why he came. Got it? <laughs> so we're going to receive. We're going to receive Christ. We're going to celebrate. And do you know what we're going to do? You know how you usually have a great long line of people who are waiting to go through a fire tunnel? Well, beloved Pastor Brent had this brilliant idea. And he said, how about we serve Holy Communion to the people in line as they're waiting to go through the fire tunnel? That way you go through the fire tunnel, you're wrecked already. Such a good idea. <laughs> have to let all the other apostles know about that. That's really good. That's really great. Oh, so thank you, Lord. Jesus, thank you. Um, do we have...